This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. And everything is glorious, y'all. Like, we're basking in the glory. Listen, if you're going to get anything from this podcast, it's going to be that when the Browns win, it is victory freaking week. All right? This isn't just victory Monday. Uh, even though this pod, we're, we're recording Monday night to go into Tuesday morning for you, we are going to bask in the glory, right? We, we realize that wins in the NFL don't happen very often. And to bask in the glory with me, is my guy, your guy, the funny guy, Mr. Stephen Thomas. Stephen, how are you tonight, sir? That's how I am. I, I think Stephen just told us that he is a woo girl, and I like it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so listen, Stephen and I are excited just to, again, we have been uh, both fans and and cover whatever terms we want to use for cover uh, the Browns for so long that, you know, we've been through all the ups and downs. And listen, we are going to be excited about all the awesomeness that, that yep. we get to experience. Listen, the ups, the downs. Stephen wrote an article for us Monday um, going into celebrate this, y'all. Like, let's enjoy it. Let's let's be all on board. Why focus on anything negative? You don't have to. It doesn't do you any good, and you don't get to enjoy it. So we're going to do that. But we're going to focus a little time tonight on some negatives, but not about the Browns. I want to spend a little bit of time looking at some plays real quick that I'm used to and Steven's used to seeing from our beloved team, but they <laughs> didn't happen to our team, right? And and one of them is actually in the game. I forgot about this until I just brought it up. But in the Browns-Dallas game, a, an extra point was blocked. Oh, jeez. An idiot tried to pick it up. The team that got the extra point blocked ended up in the end zone with the ball, which is two points for that team that got the – the thing blocked, and you know how many little variables had to happen? Like, if Carlson recovered that ball at the one-yard line, no points. But because he recovered it in the end zone, he could have picked it up at the one-yard line and ran into the end zone, still no points. Like, everything had to work out, and that happened for the Browns. And, Stephen, I know you were still find that to be ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but, but let me tell you three other plays specifically that I just want to hit on that that I, I've seen on Twitter or retweeted. Uh, there is a play in the New York Giants game. Um, by the way, that's where Freddie Kitchens coaches as well as Jason Garrett, where they ran an RPO. Remember, that's run-pass option. And so that's where the quarterback is watching the defensive line, and he has the option to hand it off to the running back or to pull it and throw it really, really quickly. And that what happens is the offensive line run blocks. Well, this run-pass option isn't an RPO. It's an RP-no, and I stole that from Dan Duggan, whose tweet I'm looking at, but it's an RP-no because 
everybody runs it like a run-pass option except the wide receivers, who just kind of meander their way down the field, never turn around. And then Daniel Jones has four Rams who just demolish him in the pocket. So that's number one. Number two, the Bears called a timeout to get a good play in the red zone. They are at the 10-9 yard line. And uh, Nick Foles gets the snap in the shotgun, does a quick fake like he's going to throw the ball, and then goes to hand it off as as a draw, and the running back just runs right past him. So Nick Foles has to follow the running back into the hole on what was supposed to be a regular draw and turned out into a quarterback draw. And just remember, they took a timeout to set up that play, and they were terrible. And the last one I'm going uh, to talk about is actually – the call that Chris Myers made in the Texans game, and he said, according to Mike Tanier, my buddy, they're running the ball with Duke Johnson and no timeouts. And Mike uh, says the, the Chris Myers call on the Texans as he gets exasperated with their game plan is hysterical. And that was how the game, near the end, the Texans trying to come back, ran the ball with Duke Johnson with no timeouts. Steven, I know we've got some other terrible teams to talk about, what is it like seeing these kind of plays and watching those terrible teams be terrible as a Browns fan who's used to it being our team? Well, that's the thing. You know, I, you, you started by talking about that blocks extra point, and, you know, I, we all tweeted about it in the game, and it just kind of blew up within Browns Twitter. I, the most important thing you said in that entire thing was it happened for the Browns, not to the Browns. Now, it, had it happened to the Browns, I guarantee you no one in Cleveland would have – it wouldn't have made a blip. We would have went, yep, yep, par for the course. I mean, if you look at the tweet that I put out about it, I, I said – I can't remember exactly how I said it, but I said it's, you know, kind of amazing. And I had at, at least a dozen responses that said something along the lines of, oh, I was totally expecting it to get picked up and run the other way for two points. Like – not only is it amazing that we got the two points, it's actually shocking that they didn't get the two points. That's, <laughs> that's how incredible it's been. I mean, it harkens back to everybody remembers the kick six against the Ravens, what, six years ago, whenever that was. I'll never forget it because I was on my couch and my wife was watching the game with me and she was falling asleep. She had her head uh, on my shoulder and it, it happened and I just, I didn't even react. And she was sitting there and she said, you didn't scream, you didn't, Yell, you don't even seem mad. I said, to be honest, I thought it was 50-50. That was going to happen before the play started. <laughs> and let me, tell you, let me tell you how I remember that game. That was the Jim Brown statue unveiling. Mm-hmm. I remember it very clearly because it was the first Browns game I covered in the stadium. I had covered game stuff everywhere else. It is my first Browns game as a media member in the stadium <laughs> And I believe off the top of my head, what was it, 20 to nothing or something at that point in time? And then the Ravens came back to destroy the Browns. So, yeah, we're used to this crap happening. It's just hilarious. Like, how much more fun? It's kind of like those Baker Mayfield commercials. When it's not, when it, when things are going well, that crap is funny. When it's, when the team sucks, like, man, it's hard to beat or hard to deal with. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, man. Yeah, yeah, and personally, just a quick side. I think the uh, the grocery one where he, he's locked himself out is the best one of this year so far that I've seen. That one's it's not as funny. I don't know that anything is going to top the smoke alarm one from last year. That made me laugh so hard because every homeowner in the world has done that. But <laughs> anyway, 
Getting back to the other three plays you were talking about, the Giants one, I mean, my initial reaction was, did Freddie call that, and did they practice it during the season, during the week at all? That was my initial reaction. Seems, seems like probably no, if it's Freddie, he's going <laughs> to, he would be pulling stuff out of the <clears throat> just for, for his own fun and games. Exactly. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, you look at the rest of these plays, and, you know, I mean, who knows, from everything we're learning here in the last hour um, at the time of this recording, since Bob uh, was fired, it, it, it's been a dumpster fire for the last couple of weeks, almost an, a revolt from what I've heard from the offense down there. So the Duke Johnson thing, I, I, they're probably expecting it the way we have always expected it down there at this point. So, yeah, it's uh, and yes, it's early. Yes, but it's only four games, but come on. I, they're three and one, man. Uh, I was in my early 30s the last time they were three and one. The last time they won three in a row and scored, scored 30 points in each game, I hadn't even been born yet. It's <laughs> How are there people out there that are so miserable that all they can focus on are the issues? And there are issues. Nobody, nobody celebrating is saying that, oh, this team's perfect and they'd have, they have no holes and they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I don't think anyone is saying that. At least I haven't seen it. But just the fact that we can legitimately, and I know we're going to talk about it here in a minute, look at the rest of their schedule and say, damn, the playoffs are a real possibility and it's not going to take some miracle it's not going to take you know somebody having the career year of their life for it to happen or something like that how can you not enjoy what's been going on the last three weeks and you throw on top of it as you and I have talked about every week on this podcast in the offseason everyone surrounding the team said it's it's a slow start with this Stefanski scheme it takes a while for guys to get it the first four weeks last year versus, you know, Kirk Cousins after week five last year. Well, guess what, guys? We're just now. This is week five. This is when it's supposed and, to and, get. Yeah, and the Vikings had their whole regular offseason last year as well. So it might even take a little bit longer. But at three and one, all right. <laughs> yeah, and they, they put up 49. I, I mean, this is... This isn't even the good part of the offense. If you if you go by that timeline, I mean it's it's going to get better. What are they going to be? Are they going to be putting up 65 like you know a week 10 SEC opponent uh, or something like that? Here comes I don't know. You know it's just it, the whole point is it's exciting to look ahead and 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 be happy. It's it's exciting to look ahead and see a meadow instead of a you know a flaming. Inferno we have to go through just to get the four wins or something like that. I, I, I'm fired up, and I don't understand people that aren't. Yeah, you know, one of the things I shared on the Victory Pod uh, Sunday night and uh, Monday morning pod, it was that, you know, if the, if the game flow went differently, if the Browns were up 41-38, to 38, which is what they were late in the game, but but it wasn't that the Browns scored six times in a row and then the Giants scored their three mm-hmm. in a row, but mm-hmm. those were interspersed. And then all of a sudden OBJ, you know, breaks off that run. I mean, we're we're not we don't even have any conversation. We're just like, yeah, we expect it to be a blowout. The Browns right. still won. That's amazing. So, you know, again, this is just something to be excited about. But you talked about it. Bill O'Brien is now fired. Uh, so the Texans 0 and 4. They had three really tough games, and then they played the Vikings, who we're not sure really what they're going to be this year at this point in time. Um, you have the you have two teams that are on the Browns' schedule late in the season, who are terrible as well. In the Giants, we've talked about one of their plays, and really the Jets. It's not even so much that they have terrible plays. We know Adam Gase is a terrible coach. We knew that when he was hired. We knew that when he was 
fired in Miami. He is literally still getting the Peyton Manning rub, and I thought that was limited to Robert Kraft. Um, sorry, that's, <laughs> that's just a terrible joke that I, I tried like to pull off. <laughs> so, you know, you know, we know Adam Gase is terrible. Their <laughs> offense isn't good. Their defense is good. As you look at two terrible teams, because we know what terrible looks like, you know, as you look at the Jets, the Giants, now that the Texans have, have fired their coach, what are you seeing or what when you look ahead at their schedule? Are we looking at some 0-16 possibilities over there? Well, the Giants are, are sort of hard to figure out because with the exception of the Niners game, they've been in every game. Um, and without Barkley, that's actually – you hate to say impressive about an 0 and 14, but you're like, man, that's okay. I mean, they, you know, they were in they were in the game with the Steelers till the end. They took the Bears to the brink. They they were right there. Could have tied the game late against the Rams uh, uh, last week. So, I, and plus, you know, I mean, this is they get Washington, they get uh, Philadelphia, they get <laughs> you know, they have the Bengals on their schedule. There are games that you can look at on their schedule and say, okay, that's. Maybe they're not going to be favored in Vegas, but I can see how they win that game. I'm sitting here. I have it right in front of me on the computer screen right now. I'm looking at the Jets' schedule. Where's, where's the W? Uh, their best defensive game was opening week when they gave up 27 to Buffalo. Now, now they've got um, uh, Arizona this week, and I have a lot of Cardinals fans on my timeline that are really, really mad because they've lost two in a row, and maybe they shouldn't have, but they're talking about, you know, the Cardinals suck and blah, 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 blah. Well, man, I, first of all, I don't think they suck. And second of all, Vegas still has it at, at around a, a touchdown. But let's just say, you know, it's a West Coast team playing early on the East Coast. Cardinals are not traditionally a good road team, all that kind of stuff. I get why they're a little nervous about that. If the Jets don't pull that one off, if Arizona wins that game, the Jets' upcoming schedule, they have to go to the West Coast and play the Chargers. Are they going to win that game? Highly unlikely. Uh, Buffalo, Kansas City, back-to-back, I'd be shocked. Uh, then they have the Patriots, no, not going to happen. They have the Dolphins back-to-back wrapped around their bye week, and you throw in, anytime there's a division game, you know, there, there's always a little bit better chance because familiarity breeds contempt and yada, 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 rivals. But Miami's a better team this year than they were last year, and the Jets are just awful. The Raiders at home in an early game, maybe. This Raiders team is very, very difficult to figure out so far. They're uneven. Um, again, another West Coast team that doesn't travel to the East Coast traditionally very well for early games. So maybe, maybe, maybe the Vegas game they can pull something out. After that, they're at Seattle, at the Rams, New England to finish <laughs> out the season, and then they have the Browns the second uh, to let. Where, where's the win? I mean, what you know, is it? Yeah, you know what's funny, Stephen, is the two things you just did with those two teams that mirrors life as someone covering the Browns or being Browns fans is this. With the Giants, you know what you just said? They almost always almost win. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? And yeah. so there are so many games that the Browns almost always win and don't. And you just did that with the Giants. And then with the Jets, it's searching for wins. Yeah. And I'm not sure, you know, where you find wins. Obviously, things are going to happen. Likely they're going to win game, sure. game or two. Um, but – I think what's really fun as we, you know, transition back to the Browns out of incompetence, um, but it's really kind of fun to just enjoy the incompetence of others at some point because we're, <laughs> we're so used to the LOL Browns bowl crap that, you know, we, we're going to enjoy the fact that there is some terrible, terrible stuff going on in the NFL and it doesn't relate to Cleveland. And I think it makes us appreciate the confident coaching from oh. Kevin Stefanski and staff. It's not that they're perfect. It's not like they're not – but, hey, they went into half again. Um, when they needed them, they had three timeouts, 
right? They just lots of little things. So yep. as we celebrate and laugh at the 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 pathetic of the, some of the other NFL, uh, Stephen, we have a competent coach it seems, and Kevin Stefanski. How are you feeling about that decision uh, by the team uh, now that we're at the quarter pole? Well, I, I, I hearken back to some things. I, I think you and I had this conversation on the pod back in the offseason, or it may have been Jake, um, or it might have been you know, when Jeff has me on. Um, but I've had this conversation numerous times, and I've said it since you know, like March. People would say, oh, what are you most excited about with, you know, with this team coming up this year? And I consistently said the same thing. What I'm excited about is to watch this collection of offensive talent with competent coaching and a cohesive offensive scheme because last year with everything that we learned about the chaos that was going on and the jokes we made about Freddie earlier in this pod calling plays that they hadn't practiced and everything else that we've learned, they still won six games, which to me spoke volumes about how much raw talent was there and you can win some games just on simply raw talent. You can overcome your own incompetence. And I think through the first four games of the season, it would be extremely difficult to argue that giving this collection of talent competent coaching and a cohesive vision among everyone has not paid dividends in spades. I mean, they're, what, third in, in offense or something I saw this morning? I don't remember. But they're, they're putting up points like... And, you know, like we said earlier, they, they're just scratching the surface, really. And they put up 49 yesterday, most of the day, without Nick Chubb. So it's... I, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that what I, I thought and I, I saw coming over the summer is being proven right. I mean, I'm not a big, you know, protect your take guy, but it's always nice to be right about some things. And the other thing that I'm excited about is you and I also had this conversation, nine, and, nine or ten wins and at least competing for, if not snagging, a wild card spot is completely reasonable. I mean, you look at their schedule coming up. Let's, let's do this. Let's take a look at their schedule. Just the next four games, just the next four before the bye week. We had said, a lot of people had said in the offseason, get to four and four at the bye. That's all I want. Just 500 at the bye. Even if they're three and five, you look at the second half of the schedule, they still have a chance. Well, now, I, the Bengals, okay, let's look at it on paper. You've got to play the games, obviously. You never know what can happen, but the Bengals should be a win. I'm going to go ahead and say that the Raiders should be a win at home. Honestly, the Colts are a good team, and I'm not saying it's not going to be tough, and they, they very well could come into Cleveland and take it, but I, I think the Browns should win this game as well. So even if they go to Pittsburgh and lose, which unfortunately is probably likely, Let's say they get two out of those other three. You're looking at five. You're looking at what? Six and five and three at worst. Yep. Six and two is actually reasonable to think about at this point into the break. And then out of the break, at home back to back, you've got the Texans, who we just, you know, who knows what they're going to be like? They're falling apart. Seventy-three-year-old Romeo Cornell taking over in Houston. Sure. You so you've got them at home. Then you've got. Uh, the Eagles, who won last night or uh, Sunday night, and but who knows? They still have a lot of problems with their going to be and the Jags. So those three games coming out of of the bye, it's not insane <laughs> to say seven and four, eight and three is 
within the realm of possibility. And again, it's not like it's going to take some miracle right. for it to happen. Now, it is the Browns, and that OIC in the pit of all of our stomachs is not going to go away in a hurry. It's, it's going to take years for that to go away. So, yeah, they could be 5-6. and six. They could be 6-5 and five also. But it's nice to be able to look at it and think to yourself, holy crap, 8-3 and three is not... I mean, I'm not I'm not a lunatic for saying eight and three is is possible at this point. So there's seven and four at the minimum. So I, I'm I'm about as giddy as I can be right now. And I think they're good. They very well could be buyers at the trade deadline, like your article last week and the one I've got coming up later this week. Who knows? Help could be on the way sooner rather than later for this team. Yeah, and and speaking of buyers, we're going to talk about DoorDash real quick. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you, and while their dining room is going to be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door, kind of like Kevin Stefanski has brought the offense that you've been craving in Cleveland for so long. Look at how I pulled that one off, DoorDash. Send me that bonus check. Not really. That doesn't happen. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, or Baker Mayfield's favorite, The Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on the way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's all one word, BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. If you don't hear me on the pod after that, it's for that spot right there and and those jokes right there. Uh, how am I doing <laughs> over there, Mr. Comedian? <laughs> well, I would have been fired months ago if they had me do reads. So. Yeah, so, yeah, so... I think what's interesting, so I looked it up, the Colts are considered a one, one-and-a-half-point favorite uh, on the road this week against the Browns. But, again, if we look at the rest of the games um, for the next – so NFL teams tend to look at quarters, and that's what uh, Stephen and I talked about doing is each quarter really matters. Team wants, teams want to go 2-2 two and two or 3-1 and one each quarter of the season. The Browns have gone 3-1 and one in their first quarter. Second quarter, they have four games, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati – and the Raiders. So given those four games, the Browns are likely to be favored in two out of those four, given what we know now. So they're a small underdog at home against Indianapolis, are likely a large underdog uh, at Pittsburgh, uh, and then should be favored at Cincinnati and Vegas. So if we just split those two and two, that means the Browns are going five and three uh, through half the season. They go into the bye, and then it'll be really interesting, right? Uh, we're talking about a month, a little bit more than a month away for the game against Houston. That team could be anything at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia could be anything at that point in time. Carson Wentz looked like he aged in decades. Like the dude runs around like he's me with all my hip, back, and neck issues. <laughs> Jacksonville is playing for a pick. Tennessee, and again, this isn't to pick on anything, but obviously they're going through everything they're going through with COVID. We still don't even know what their Bills game this upcoming Sunday is going to be like and how their schedule is going to be clustered around, and I'll use that nice word. Uh, so, you know, the second half of the season, or that, that second uh, grouping of games left, the, la- the second group of four, Jacksonville should definitely be a team that the Browns are favored against. Uh, Philadelphia is probably a team based on talent and injuries that the Browns are favored against. 
And then Houston and Tennessee may be toss-up games, right? So if we again split that, and this is the great thing about going 3-1, and one, if we split 4-4 four and four over the next eight games, I'm doing quick math here, that's 7-5 and five with Baltimore, New York, New York, and Pittsburgh to end the season. So, Stephen, as you think about, let's just say we go with 7-5 and five going into the last four games of the year, which are Baltimore at home, New York, New York on the road, and Pittsburgh. How are you feeling about the Browns? Listen, we're in glorious celebration kind of mode, and we're assuming the Browns are at least 7-5 and five going into December 14th uh, against the Baltimore Ravens, who housed them in the opening week. How are you feeling about the end of the season for the Browns? Uh, real quick before uh, I answer sure. that, I, I did see a, uh, a tweet. Frank Reich at his uh, uh, presser this morning said Darius Leonard uh, has an injury, uh, Bobby Okereke has an injury, and Anthony Costanzo has an injury. Now, whether or not any of those keep them out or limited for Sunday, it's a long way off. I don't know. But those are some pretty big pieces for sure uh, for this Colts team. So if you know one or two or you know all three of those guys don't play or are – you know, severely hampered, that will really, really come in handy with this Browns offense. Anyway, uh, if they're 7-5 and five heading into that last four, I mean, obviously we don't know what the rest of the conference is going to be doing, but i got to imagine they're still going to be in the running. Um, you And then you look at those last four, like you said, Baltimore, New York, New York, Pittsburgh. I mean, first of all, I'm hoping that the Giants and the Jets have a W before we see them because that's the OIC in the pit of your stomach right there. It sure I mean, is. If they're 0-14, I'm going to be petrified heading into that game, no matter how good we're playing. Uh, that's just Cleveland in me, and I, it's not going to go away. Um, but, you know, you, you would think they would at least split those last four. They'll get the two New York games, and even if they drop Baltimore and Pittsburgh at home, uh, that's that's 9-7. and seven, And that's, you know, it comes down to a tiebreaker or something probably for that seventh spot at that point. So I, I'm feeling pretty damn good. If they're in content let – let, let's just put it this way. Two years ago – they were, what, I mean, with two weeks left, they were still mathematically alive. Even yeah, though they were the, like six and seven or whatever, six and yeah. eight. And it was, you know, it would have taken, you know, three games ending in ties. And, you know, it was, it was ridiculous. We were making fun of it. But simply the fact that with two weeks to go, we were still mathematically alive and everybody was jumping for joy. If they're going into the final two weeks of the season with a legitimate chance to, to make the playoffs. Imagine what it's going to be like around Cleveland. I'm going to be thrilled, and the, the, the energy around the team is going to be so much different. Now, I, I'm looking at it and hoping that they're going to be a little bit better than 7-5, and five, but you, I, you're absolutely right. It, it, the, the, the win yesterday, and I think we talked about this last week, if they could go down and, and take the one in Dallas, the confidence level grows the room for error in the rest of these games grows. The they're all there's you know a handful of games that you look at that they should win. There's a handful of games you look at that they're you know they're probably going to lose. And then there's the others that are toss-ups. If they can do better than 50-50 in their toss-ups, I mean I think it's a playoff team, assuming health and yada yada yada. So I, I I'm I'm really excited if you can't tell uh, about this yeah. team. And 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 they're still getting people back from injury. And I know Larry. Uh, has a thing, and Nick went out and everything, but they, they got back uh, Jacob Phillips yesterday, who looked pretty, you know, pretty smooth uh, in his transition uh, back from injury and being a rookie. They're uh, they're still going to get Greedy Williams back, knock on wood, hopefully. Uh, 
Um, uh, Olivier Vernon's still not 100%. Uh, Adrian Claiborne didn't play yesterday. Uh, you know, I mean, with this season, especially with COVID, everything is an if. But assuming that, you know, more things than not go, go right as far as the injury front goes, I really think anything short of nine wins is going to be disappointing for the way this team finishes. Absolutely. We got them to nine and seven basically by assuming wins where we should assume wins and assuming losses at any other turning point. We still got to nine and seven, and that really is, is really important. And I'll just be honest, while I want to see the Browns in the playoffs, it's good for Cleveland, it's good for you know, my media career, all that kind of stuff. The reality is, is for me, a winning record is is really the priority. Because, mm-hmm. because again, you can't control that the Browns are in an amazing conference in the AFC North. You can't control the fact that some crappy team from the NFC least, um, which the Browns have already won two of those games, is going to make the playoffs. Like, that's the controlled and mm-hmm. so making the playoffs is is a little bit outside of their control because the nine and seven Browns team may miss the playoffs where a seven and nine uh, Eagles team or uh, Dallas team might make the playoffs out of the NFC East so I think for me it's all about winning but you're right again three and one just opens up so many possibilities literally the worst they can be going into the bye is three and four right that's the worst that they can be as three and four. Hopefully they're going to be better, but that is crazy to think that they can be three and four coming out of the bye, and that's something that, that we are excited for. So, Stephen, I'm going to Three and five. Three and five. Yeah, sorry, my yeah. bad. Yeah, three and five. <laughs> three and five. Close enough. Whatever. I'm excited. I'm not giving them that fifth loss um, until the end of the season. Um, but, Stephen, I'm about to talk about bet online, but if you had to bet um, a money, a, an amount of money that mattered, I don't need to know how much, just an amount of money that mattered to you on the Browns' record at the end of the season, given a normal uh, amount of injuries and, you know, that kind of stuff. Given all of that being kind of normal for every normal season, what what would that record be that you would be willing to bet on in Browns' future? Uh, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to say 10-6. and six. You're, I, you're I, I've got down for 10 wins. Yep, you heard it here, folks. Stephen Thomas is guaranteeing 10 wins for the <laughs> Cleveland Browns. And and that would be glorious, folks. The wait is finally over. Football is back. And as Stephen has predicted, the NFL playoffs are back for the Cleveland Browns, it seems, in the future. You may not be at a game this year, though reports are coming out that the Browns, including by our guy, um, Brad, that the Browns may have up to 16,000 people in the stadium. Uh, you may not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses still today and start off wagering on, just like Stephen and I just talked, wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today. Take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sports book expert, Stephen. It is a awesome victory week. I appreciate you coming on with me, brother. Anytime, man, especially after we win. It's always good to sit and talk about, you know, uh, the Browns being, especially the Browns being buyers at the trade deadline for a playoff run. 
How exciting is that? I mean, that's just fantastic. I mean, I know you and I have already sort of hinted at it. I know you and I are going to spend the next week perusing the uh, mm-hmm. the Texans roster, especially for poachable assets. Um, uh, so it, it's just it's so different from the last five years, and it's it's fun. And even if you know the naysayers are right, and and everything comes crashing down in a couple of weeks. I'm going to enjoy this while we can because as, you know, as Browns fans over the last couple of decades, and especially here in this year of 2020, if you don't take the moments that are good and appreciate them for all that they are and then squeeze all the fun out of this moment that you can, I, I can't imagine the level of misery that you live day to day in because when was the last – with everything that's gone on this year – Enjoy three and one. That's all I Absolutely. And, folks, what Stephen just did there is a tease both for his article that's coming out on the OBR uh, later this week as well as a tease because I think next week, um, really no matter how the game goes, Stephen and I are probably going to talk more about uh, the trade deadline, players available, mm-hmm. those kind of things because that's something that him and I are always passionate about. I love the what-ifs. Folks, uh, just always appreciate you guys listening. I hope you're taking care of yourself. hope you're taking care of others. And go Browns.